back to Hokie Track Chats, the podcast for proud Hokie families. This summer, I will be sharing interviews with you about what you and your student can expect this fall. This week, I'm joined by Dr. Byron Hughes, the Dean of Students. He's going to talk to you about what your student can expect from his office. I'm Byron Hughes. I get to serve as Dean of Students here at Virginia Tech, and I love the opportunity that I get to work with really all of our students, our undergraduate, graduate, and professional students, as well as all of our families and, and all of our colleagues here at Virginia Tech that are just interested in doing whatever it takes to be able to support your student success. So in my role as Dean of Students, I get the chance to work with a group, a great group of people, team of folks, uh, to include Jonathan, uh, and all of our, our folks and new student family programs that are really thinking about how do we take care of our students, support them on their path towards student success. And so that looks like advocacy at, at times in terms of if they have a need and they need someone to be able to assist them with a class issue or a personal issue or something happening more socially with their with their life here at Virginia Tech. It could be working with our first generation students out of the Dean of Students office, interfaith programming, off-campus life, uh, as well as our new student uh, experience and our, our new family experience and, and supporting our students that, uh, that are working with our services for students with disabilities as they think about accessibility here on campus. So all of these folks that are working with me, not just me, uh, that are helping uh, you and your students really make the, a great transition and working particularly directly with our academic colleagues and our colleges. So I'm always thrilled to be able this time of year to be able to think about the folks that are coming in because I know you're excited and, and we are certainly excited for you. Well, Dr. Hughes, thank you for that intro and, and telling us a little bit about the areas that you oversee and work with. And so um, families, as you're watching, you can drop your questions in the comments and I will make sure to ask those of Dr. Hughes. Um, but Dr. Hughes, for our first pre-submitted questions is, will there still be a testing protocol for students in the fall? Yeah. So we are working on a, on a testing protocol for those folks that are either um, that are not that are exempted from vaccination. So we know there will be students that will receive receive a, a religious or medical exemption from vaccination. And so if that is the case, we will be working on a testing protocol, which will likely include uh, testing on a weekly basis uh, because we still want to be able to track certainly the, the prevalence of COVID-19 in our community even though most of our community, including our faculty and staff, will be vaccinated. So that's something to be on the lookout for, particularly as we get closer to August and we have a better sense also this summer of how many students are, are, are going ahead and self-disclosing and reporting that information to us earlier in the summer. Certainly the deadline for, for sharing that information is in early August, but we will have certainly, certainly something available before August in terms of what that regular testing protocol or schedule will be for those that are not vaccinated. And so, Dr. Hughes, kind of building off of that question, we know that um, even with the with the vaccine, um, the likeliness of a, a student or a staff member contracting COVID is lower. Will there still be isolation and quarantine housing available? Absolutely. So we will still have procedures in place because we're not out, out of the pandemic yet. We certainly are excited that we see progress towards something that looks like a finish line, but we don't know when that finish line is coming. And and certainly we know that uh, this virus and variants of the virus are still out there. So we will still operate isolation and quarantine housing that will still be available, although it will be a, probably a smaller availability because of certainly what we know what will likely be the prevalence of COVID-19 uh, in our community or in our student population, particularly those that live on campus, which is through the isolation and quarantine housing is available for, but that program will still be available. We will still have people that will be on call and ready to be supportive to students that have to live in quarantine and isolation. Our dining services team will still be available to doing deliveries of food to uh, the residence hall that uh, will be devoted to that uh, particular need. 
uh, and we'll still continue certainly to do testing on campus and you know meetings with Shepherd Health Center for students that certainly are feeling like they could be symptomatic and want to get tested. So we all we will continue to encourage students, particularly if they're not vaccinated, to get tested, um, particularly if they are feeling symptoms. And if they are feeling symptoms and they are determined to be uh, positive for COVID-19, we will go ahead and have a space available. We also know too that, you know, it hasn't been completely proven that the vaccination will block, you know, COVID-19. We know that it will, that that there's a small percentage of small chance that someone could certainly contract the virus again. And so in that case, again, we will, we, we encourage people to continue to be tested as they need it, or certainly if they are symptomatic, particularly if they're vaccinated. And we do have the space to be able to pe- put, put people into uh, housing um, or temporary housing for that need. That's really great to know. And, and a lot of our families are uh, wondering and, and trying to figure out from what from last year is going to kind of be a holdover for this year. And so um, our next question is really, will rec sports uh, and their activities be available? Will students be able to participate in club sports and intramurals and, and kind of um, what are those opportunities that are available? You know, a return in person means a return to everything in person. <laughs> so um, if that is rec sports that is working out in their facilities, that's taking their fitness classes, that's participating in club sports, um, intramurals, we were able to still do actually a lot of those things actually still operate throughout the course of the, the, the height, I guess, I could say of the pandemic here on campus when we were certainly having to restrict things uh, and certainly spaces and do physical distancing. But once the fall comes and, you know, we are preparing for fully back and an engaged experience, which is part of the reason why we need students to be vaccinated, because that allows us to be able to fully open up those experiences without having to be too concerned about the transmission of COVID-19 and it impacting the most vulnerable of our, of our population. So look forward to club sports, look forward to intramural sports, look forward to open basketball again over in McComas Hall. I mean, all of the opportunities that get people moving. Awesome. I love to hear that. Um, our next question is kind of a lofty question, um, and, and it's going to be kind of based on your opinion and what you've seen our students do. But how can a first year student best integrate into the Hokie community? Ooh, that is a lofty one. Well, you know, one thing I would say is that, you know, when we when we talk about joining the Hokie community, I think there is a sense when you get to a big place like Virginia Tech that has tremendous community pride that the moment you find that you've been accepted, that it's just orange and maroon that you can wear, which I would agree and it works well together. And that, you know, you have to join into this like hokey, hokey, hokey high community. And we want you here, right? But joining this community doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have the same zeal and excitement and that there's a prescribed way of being a Hokie. Really the only prescribed way of being a Hokie is come in to Virginia Tech and experience VT in the myriad of ways that you can do that, bring your whole self, bring your strengths, bring your diversity, bring all those aspects right to help us. So part of this though, I think Jonathan is, you know, for our new students, because we have some students that are coming from places that are heavily populated by people that know Virginia Tech well, and maybe there are a ton of students that are coming from their high schools or within their county, for example, that are coming down here. Or we have some people that are coming from places where they don't know, they've never met a Virginia Tech student before. They have no one that's had any connection to this place before. And sometimes they may feel like, gosh, everyone knows each other. Well, here's the deal. It's college, you know, so you get the opportunity coming into college to make new friends and to meet new people. And I think, Jonathan, what the best way to get integrated into the Hokie community is that upon moving into your residence hall or if you're living off campus upon going to that first class or certainly our welcome week program, which will get started 
that Thursday and full force that Thursday of, of the move in week is when you're around people that you've never met before, which is going to probably be most of the 7,000 new Hokies that are coming to school here, both incoming or new and transfer students, is put, put your hand out. And if you're not comfortable with handshaking because it's still a pandemic, put a fist pump out and say, hey, my name is so-and-so, right? It's a new place, which means people want to meet each other. That is the best way to get integrated into the Hokie community is you've got to make friends. And making friends is not some big thing that requires, I need to know who all the people are around me, what their interests are, and I've got to know where they're from. It can just simply start with, hi, my name is Byron, what's your name? And then from there, a conversation happens that leads to hopefully a relationship and then more things that have come after that. Also recognize too, that the things and the people that you might be around those first couple of weeks of school, that may not necessarily be your forever Virginia Tech. So you could try on a group of friends in that first couple of weeks because it might be the people that you're living with and the people that you're in classes with. And then suddenly realize, oh, these people aren't necessarily the people that I really want to be around because I'm starting to actually get involved in different organizations or do things a little bit differently because I'm figuring out some aspects about myself. That's okay too, right? That friend group should change, you know, quite frankly. And, you know, and it may change and be okay with that, right? Also be okay with, your roommate's not going to be your best friend. So if you're coming into Virginia Tech with this hope that my best friends are going to be the people that I live with, it's going to be all the people on my floor because that's what the movies say. Or maybe I know someone else who went off to college or came to Virginia Tech and that was their story. That's their story. That does not have to be your story. So if you don't meet a whole lot of people or that's not going well for you, stick around, try it out. I would say it takes about six to eight weeks to really feel like you are at college and that this is your experience. So give it that first six, six to eight weeks. Families, what I would say to you as you're thinking about this for your student is guess what? Don't let them come home during the first six to eight weeks. So you're going to get that phone call during the first six to eight weeks that says, I'm having a hard time. I'm struggling. I'm not meeting people. My roommate is this and my roommate is that. And I think the, the, their inclination is going to want to be to just come on home, right? To hop on the bus that comes down here or that you might come down here and get them. So if you want to come down, come down and be with them here, right? Um, if they have a vehicle, you know, which again, they don't necessarily need, but if they have that vehicle, tell them they need to stick it out, which means, again, you might have to come down here or there are or figure out a way to be able to keep them in Blacksburg because that is really, really critical to that part aspect of integrating into the Hokie community. Dr. Hughes, that's really great advice. Um, I often think about how our students feel very awkward at the beginning of the of their first year, and they're not sure how to make friends. And what I often tell them is really embrace that awkward, right? Like it's it's going to be normal. Um, everybody is looking for friends, and so maybe, like you said, that first group of friends may not be your group of friends, but they may introduce you to somebody who becomes your group of friends. And so I really appreciate that advice. Well, John, here's what I know: is that all seven thousand of them are awkward, <laughs> and I think. We have this idea sometimes, you know, because we're watching social media and we look at Snapchat and we look at Instagram and there's these perfectly curated photos or images of all these, you know, friends and these kids doing all of these things, right? These students or, you know, I know there's a Facebook, uh, not Facebook, there's an Instagram account that's devoted to the incoming class of 2025 and people are posting images of themselves and who they are and what they enjoy doing. And you might be looking at that going, oh my gosh, look at them. I mean, they must be the most outgoing person because they have three pictures of them with groups of people. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not awkward, right? So most of them are awkward. And the reason why I know this is because I tend to meet lots of people, right? And, and I've worked in this profession long enough to be able to know that awkwardness is completely okay, particularly for an incoming you know, student. So be awkward, be who you're going to be, because it's in that being who you are, that authentic self, 
that you actually start to make real friends that are meaningful and enduring. And it's not in, let me try on or put, put together something based off of what I think is the way I'm supposed to be as a new Hokie. Yeah, and that's super important. And so I'm glad that you talked about that. And so as our students kind of start to build that community, they're going to want to potentially um, gather in large groups. And so will there be limits on that this year um, in the ways that we had to limit it in the past? Yeah, we're not planning on it. So unless something changes, and again, we've always kind of made decisions here at Virginia Tech based off of the pandemic is going to dictate what's happening with us. And whatever decision is in the best interest of public health is also going to make uh, influence what we decide and how we go. But as of right now, we have no plans in place to put any sort of restriction on the numbers of people that are able to gather. We do want people to still be healthy, though. We still want people to make great decisions. And so we will have and offer lots of programming, particularly at the start of the fall semester. All of our offices, particularly those that work pretty closely with student involvement when it comes to, to our students, are thinking about how do we make sure that people are aware of what they can do and who they can be around and, and what they'll want to do and what they'll want to be involved in. So we don't want you to go from maybe a year and a half potentially of a quarantine or restricted life to all of a sudden getting here and feeling like, gosh, I got to meet 7,000 people in the next couple of days and do all of the crazy things that come along with it. So again, be who you want to be, be who, you know, you can authentically be, but know that we're not going to place restrictions, you know, beyond what we would normally do and, and the things that we would say that we would want people to do as they're certainly kind of embracing this new experience. So Dr. Hughes, you talked about, um, you know, kind of how we help our students through this process and, and what's offered. And this question is specifically about COVID, but I actually think it in a broader sense, it's something that you all specifically work with all the time. And so is if a student contracts COVID, whether they live on campus or off campus, and it becomes a prolonged illness, kind of how do we help our students navigate that? That's a terrific question. So if a, if a student were to, to contract COVID-19 or really anything, any type of illness that might take a student out of, out of their Virginia Tech experience or academically out of this place for more than a couple of weeks, what we do is we would work with that student and we'd work with their faculty as well as their academic dean to figure out um, what the plan should be. So sometimes the student might need just the time off. And if that's the case and it goes beyond two weeks, then we certainly want them to be able to not be at a disadvantage when it comes to their academics. So we want them to certainly, we can help be helpful in them making contact with faculty and certainly verifying that, you know, there is an illness and that, you know, and if it's a case of COVID-19, that, you know, yeah, potentially this is going to impact them over a couple week period. You know, if it goes too much longer than that, sometimes what we'll do is we'll talk with a student and their family about, well, might it be a better idea to go ahead and just simply medically resign the semester, right? Because again, there's only 16 weeks in a semester and if for five weeks you're not able to do anything academically, you know, that's about, that's nearly a third certainly of your semester right there that it's hard to make up when there's new work that's coming uh, in front of you. So. If a student were to contract contract COVID-19 and, and were to experience those symptoms in such a significant way that it would be prolonged, then again, we will do what we can to work with to help you work with your faculty and the academic dean of your college to be able to make sure that you can proceed academically. And again, if it's not looking like it's going to be a, a great opportunity for you, then we'll, we can also help you with the medical resignation process too. That's great to know. And so with that, um, you're talking about how we kind of adapt to what our students um, are kind of going through and how we can help them navigate that. And so um, how will the university do that 
overall. So as guidelines change, how will our approach um, and plan for campus and academic life kind of change throughout that? And when will the university announce any of those changes? So those, those changes get announced, I think, as, as they need to be made. Uh, and so one of the things that we've done, I think, very well at, at Virginia Tech is instead of putting out there that we might make this decision or that we might go in this particular way, is waiting until we're ready to move in that, in that direction. Because with 30,000 plus students, and then you add into that our faculty and staff, and then you add into that the families that are first that are supporting all these students, the last thing you want to do is to announce a shift that you probably don't know if you're going to make or not. So we will. So we certainly get that information out there as soon as we know that this is the direction we want to move in or need to move in. Uh, and in that case, we also are making sure that we have support plans in place so that whatever office or area of campus that would be most impacted by, by a decision that we need to make to make sure that they are prepared and to make sure that they are ready because we know that's what's gonna come after that type of decision are certainly many, many questions that students and families are going to have. So as they come available and, and as we're ready to make it, that's when we typically will announce it. Um, again, knock on wood, we don't have any of those big shifts that are coming, you know, um, again, given the way that our this pandemic is starting to trend. But again, if it does happen, you know, ready.bt.edu is the site where we post all up-to-date information, particularly for anything related to COVID-19. So, you know, but again, most times that communication is going to come out via email. It'll be an announcement in our BT News. It will be pushed out through social media and will also be updated on that Ready site so that you can always follow along. So one of the other restrictions that existed last year was travel to and from Blacksburg. Um, and we asked our families and our students to kind of limit that travel. So wondering, is that going to still be in place? No, we don't anticipate that there will be. So, you know, we're, we're going to move to a model that I think the most the rest of our country is certainly moving to, which is be sensible, be smart. You know, if you're going to travel and beyond Blacksburg or any place that you, you're making good choices and good decision about yourself, again, this is part of the vaccinated process, right? So if you're able to be vaccinated and there is no medical or religious reason why you cannot be vaccinated, this is what, why being vaccinated matters is because it allows us to be able to come and go from Blacksburg to have our family and friends visit us in Blacksburg without having to be too concerned about might we bring something back or what might we take something to someone else? So um, we don't intend to have any restrictions in place as it relates to travel to and from Blacksburg. <laughs> Does that also include um, lifting restrictions on lounges and residence halls? It sure does. Yeah. So that means, you know, part of having a vaccinated campus and, and vaccinated residence halls means we get to return those residence hall lounges back to the types of spaces that they were pre-COVID-19, which is anyone can come and go and it can have as many people as they'd like in there. And the same thing goes for your residence hall room. People can come and go from your room without there being any sort of cap on the numbers of people that can be in there. Yeah, so Dr. Hughes, you talked about how one of the areas that reports to you is new student and family programs. And so um, orientation uh, doesn't seem to have one of those college specific sessions that it had in the past years. So where can my student find this information or learn more about their academic transition? So all of our students by now should have hopefully received at least one email from their academic college letting them know, once again, we're thrilled for you to be here, welcome. 
and there will be an academic advising experience that will happen for our students at some point this summer. And so those are happening anywhere from between June 14th and July 23rd. This is very different certainly than our model in the past where it happened all at once. So you would come to campus and you would receive all of your orientation programming at once, both your academic aspects of it and your personal needs that you have as well in terms of the transition of Virginia Tech. So if it is, it's, you know, whatever today is, if we're still, if, it, if you're viewing this and it's between, you know, uh, June 14th and July 23rd, and you have not yet heard from your academic uh, college regarding your advising appointment, have no fear, it, it is coming. We, we have all your information, they have all your names and they are prepared to get in touch with you. So uh, my advice would be is to wait for them to be in touch with you and to wait till you get that information to sign up for an advising appointment. Uh, again, because it's going to be very different. So if you are in one college and you've got friends in another college and they're letting you know, oh, yeah, I've got my full academic schedule and I met with my academic advisor via Zoom and you haven't done that yet. Again, if it is out, if it is within that June 14th to July 23rd time frame, don't worry, you know, your, your time is coming. And I would say just wait until that, that, that time and that moment comes because that's going to be your opportunity for a, a personalized flexible and individual type advising session with someone about what your needs are and what your schedule will be for the coming fall semester. Yeah. And so speaking of the fall schedule, if my student is currently registered for classes and some of them say virtual, is does that accurate, accurately reflect the modality of the course? And can that be changed or will that be changed? And if not, can my student register for a different course? Sure. So it could accurate, it could be accurate. When I say it could be accurate, means means that we have always had a significant number of courses, particularly for incoming students, um, because of the large size, certainly, of, of our classes and our needs that have always been taught virtually. And so that's always been kind of our, our process. Our plan for the coming fall semester is that any class that pre that around in fall as of fall 19 was considered virtual, that that class will still be virtual, that that shift will not be made. So if you're seeing that on your schedule, it probably is actually really a virtual class. There could also be some classes that may not necessarily be virtual where there actually are also in-person opportunities to be able to have that course. And so that's a, a situation where you'll want to meet with your academic advisor during that advising appointment and then sort through what are the options for that particular class. We have some students that still prefer virtual classes. We have some students that will be here back in Blacksburg living in our residence halls or living off campus that still want to take some classes virtual. So those are our classes, again, that we've always had available and they will certainly want to opt into those. But you know, at that advising appointment is the opportunity to be able to talk about what are the other options for that course and then to be able to switch into them. So drop add is a, is a system for dropping classes or adding classes. And that process typically is a process that is, is open, you know, towards the beginning or, uh, you know, that opens, opens up during the summer and then remains open through, you know, at least the first week of class. And so that there is that ability to be able to shift into other courses or sections should they be available. But the key thing that I will remind families and students of is, is that we have always had a significant number of classes that have been taught online and virtual. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And so one of the things that um, our families um, have you are usually concerned about is if my student tends to take several courses online, um, how do they build community? And um, one of the, the specific questions is about move-in and it being over a longer period of time. And so mm -hmm. how can our students start to build community then as well? You know, one of the things I've always told folks when it comes to, to virtual you know, learning, even in this year with COVID-19, particularly when we got to a point where we realized 
pods were a big deal. And, you know, people that are known to each other that tend to be around each other often, that they are good to interact with each other. So, you know, even if your class is virtual, there's still people that are part of that class. And remember, everything is in person here. So, you know, if you happen to be virtually with, if there's a virtual course that you're in and you're wondering, figuring out how can I meet people that are in this class, just simply reach out to them and say, hey, can we meet up? <laughs> you know, can we talk? You know, um, can we engage each other? That's how study groups tend to be formed and project work tends to happen in, in a lot of these classes also. But beyond that, again, because we are in person in other ways too, such as the living experience particularly, that's the other place certainly that you're creating a lot of that community. And maybe you're figuring out, oh, this perfect person these 10 people that live in my residence hall happen to also be in this class that I'm taking that is virtual. So we're going to know each other because of our out, out of classroom, you know, relationship experiences that we are, we're having. You know, when move-in starts, um, we will have a lot of programming that will take place in the residence halls that will lead up to the Thursday of move-in week when the official welcome week program begins. And that welcome week program, the key, good thing about that program is that every new student will be in that program. So all of you will together be experiencing different programs and sessions and events over the course of that three to five day period leading up to the first day of classes. And after classes start, that programming does continue. So the opportunity to create community is then is going to the programs that are being offered. You know, your RA, which is your resident advisor, is going to have programs available as well. They're going to have floor meetings as well. You know, leave your door open, for example, right, when you're in the room. And you know, that's a classic way to be able to meet people that are going to be walking up and down the floor. So I, I would say that, you know, Jonathan, it's hard not to experience community, particularly when you're living in a, in a residence hall that's, uh, that's mostly primarily first-year students. If you're in a living learning program, which a lot of our living experiences are, that's another terrific way of creating community because they are intently also looking at ways for you to be with people. And you're being you're with other people, not only through the living experience, you might be with them as well through classes that you're taking together and other programs that are being offered in the building. So, Dr. Hughes, I know that this is one of your other favorite topics, um, but if my student is planning on participating in fraternities and sororities, is that still an option? <laughs> It's my favorite because I am a fraternity man. So it's just, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think fraternity and sorority is a great experience. I think it is a, a tremendous opportunity to know other people. Uh, of course, Virginia Tech is not a place where you have to join fraternity and sorority in order to be able to experience community and friendship. But that's going to be a full, that will be an opportunity that will be open and available to students. And Virginia Tech's recruitment season typically for both our fraternities and sororities typically starts with uh, with classes starting. So it, it's not one that you have to think about right now in the middle of the summer. Are there things that are being done or hosted or opportunities right for me to be able to, to meet these organizations? And so depending upon what you're interested in and what organization or type of organization you're interested in, 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 in you know, the best way is certainly to visit the Fraternity and Sorority Life website to be able to see the listing of chapters that we have. Also included on the Fraternity Story Life website is going to be information about recruitment um, or intake, depending upon the organization that you're interested in. But that will be a fully, that process will be in person just like all others. And so our fraternity and sororities had to move a lot of that, had moved most of that, if not all of their operations online, you know, over the course of the past year and a half. And so they're really looking forward certainly to being able to be part of our Gobbler Fest, which is our opportunity for all our student organizations to be out on the drill field together, as well as hosting showcases and other opportunities for you to be able to meet fraternity and members. 
So Dr. Hughes, we've talked a lot about opportunities for students, um, but can you talk about some of the resources available to our families and where they can maybe find more information? So there's a great tool called the Hokie Family Hub that uh, our friend Jonathan here gets to, to moderate and, and to manage uh, as, a, as a way, as a tool to be able to know what's going on. And what I love about the Hokie Family Hub is that it's all in one place. So this Family Hub is actually pulling in information from offices and departments around campus, particularly our academic colleges too. That's a great place to be able to start, to be able to know, all right, what, what is there that I need to know? And, and what is my student also potentially seeing too in terms of what's being promoted and pushed out to them? The Dean of Students Office is certainly a great place also to be able to connect for you in terms of I've got a question that I don't know where to go. And, you know, that's what we tell your students that the Dean of Students Office is a great place to start when you don't know where to go. And, you know, we know that sometimes a question um, or a need may actually be between, may actually overlap two to three different offices. And so therefore, that's why we can be great. Certainly new student and family programs is also a great place. You know, Hokies on track is not just about your students being on track, it's actually about our families being on track too. We will communicate with you via a newsletter that will come out monthly, which will have amazing tips uh, and other insight that both Jonathan and I actually contribute to, as well as our vice president for student affairs and, and a handful of students, and even some of our parents from our, our parent uh, council that are also kind of offering their knowledge and their insight about, you know, being a Hokie family member. So the key thing is, is that we want to be your partners and we know that we're partnering together for your student success which is certainly our priority and so let us know what, what we can do to help you out again contact the dean of students office contact new student family programs but also set up an account with the Hokie family hub because you can start getting that information as soon as today another really really important question what about football season well, we're looking forward to a fully, uh, I think, packed uh, football stadium uh, as announced, I think, last week by um, our athletic uh, program. So it's going to be very exciting. You can go to Hokiesports.com to get more information about season tickets and ways to buy individual game tickets. And I certainly know they have plenty of options that are available to you. And whether it's football or it's any of our fall sports, you know, any men's and women's soccer, you know, volleyball, any of the sports, field hockey, or any of the sports that we have that are offered, particularly our club sports too, that's another opportunity certainly is to come see your student play in those club sport games. Certainly we invite you back to campus to be able to see those. But again, if it's football we're talking about, you know, 68,000, I think, is the, the number that that stadium can hold. And so we're looking forward to it being full again. There will be some opportunities there to be able to make sure that there are some, you know, public health strategies or mitigation strategies in place for the, to be able to, you know, uh, sanitizing stations. And if you want, wish to wear a mask, we certainly will encourage that too. But we plan to have all 68,000 back in our football stadium. So we're looking forward to that. Dr. Hughes, that's really all the time we have for questions, but I always like to end with our uh, our interviews with, what if no one remembered anything else you said, what is the one thing that you hope they remember? So I think the one thing I would hope that you would remember again as a family member is, is that this is, this is your experience. You have a Hokie family experience. Your student also has their experience too. And we need them to be able to experience all of that. And so, you know, one of the things that I share with your students every single day, and maybe, and maybe some of y'all had a chance to, to visit with uh, my session um, that I did with a couple other colleagues here about success is, is that, you know, we have this battered lunch pail, which is kind of a, a symbol 
for our football team, but it's about the rough and tough defense, you know, that they have. And, you know, what, what I think is great about that battered lunch pal is that it also can actually be indicative of what your student will also have experience here. There are going to be many ups and there are going to be many downs. And, and what we need you to do is we need you to let your student experience the ups and the downs. And, and you're our partners and we want to partner with you, but we need them to experience downs because it's in the the low points that they're experiencing, that they start to develop the resilience to then to be able to move beyond that and certainly to be equipped to feel, to understand who they are, to have confidence, to use their talents, to be able to feel like, gosh, I can engage anything here and I can be who I want to be. But let them feel that. It can be very easy, particularly if this is your first student that's going off to college, that when the hard time occurs, that it's you who's picking up the phone, it's you who's sending all of the emails, that you're wanting to get every single answer you can possibly get so you can help your student through it. And that's not bad and that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but I would say, let's do it with your student, right? Um, ask them kind of what their need is. And so sometimes your students are gonna call and they're just venting. They are venting about what's going on or they're venting via text message or through the phone call that you might have with them or the trip home that they may have that they may, um, that they may make. But I really need you to ask them, are you venting? And then if they say yes, then ask them, what would you like me to do, <laughs> right? as opposed to jumping in front of all of that, because sometimes they just want to vent. They want to vent to the people that they feel know them the best, but venting doesn't necessarily mean that they want you to make the phone call. So ask them what their need is, and then let's work through it together. But again, it, let them experience the highs and let them experience the lows because it, it does get better. Again, I'm not going to promise nor guarantee that the first six to eight weeks of their time here at Virginia Tech is going to be the highlight of their lives and that they're going to love it. For most of them, they will love it. I love mine, you know, coming into college. It was a tremendous experience. And even years later, I still think back with fondness. But I also know that a lot of students don't, don't, don't have that, that type of entry point. So let them feel it. Let them work through it. But also recognize when it's best for you to be able to intersect. Because that's what we do, too. If a student comes to us and they have a need, we're going to ask them, what is it that they need? What would they like us to do with them before we, we typically just jump and doing it? for them. So that would be the one thing that I would leave with you that I hope that you certainly take away from our time together. Again, let's help you out. And, and you know, we want to do this to be able to do this together with you, but, but let your student experience the full Virginia Tech experience. Well, Dr. Hughes, thank you so much for your advice and your knowledge. We really appreciate you talking with our families and students today. Um, and I hope that they will continue to engage with you and your office and all of the offices that report to you. Um, and as always, go Hokies. Go Hokies. That's right. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, families, I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Dr. Byron Hughes. Like I said, he is always a wealth of information and super helpful to our students and families. Track Chats is brought to you by new student and family programs at Virginia Tech. For more frequent updates, follow us on social media at Hokies on Track on Facebook or Instagram. If you are not already, join the Hokie Family Hub, which can be found at our website, students.vt.edu forward slash transition. The script for today's episode is by Jess Sylvia and Jonathan Tunmore. Music is Sun Says Yes by J.L. Brock. Editing software is Audition.